for me, music, it's powerful stuff. It moves me, it speaks to me, it communicates something to me. When I watch a video like that, and I've talked to several people who have been to concerts, and they walk away, and the concert was something spiritual. It was something deep. It was something, yes, they heard music, but they felt the music, and they felt something inside as well. And so music for me is along those lines. Um, last time we were together, we talked about truth. The time before that, we talked about spirituality. So when I'm thinking about God as a song, God as music, it's something you hear. It's something you dance to. It's something you feel. It's something that moves you, and it's real. Like sound waves are real. You don't see them, but you actually feel them. Music moves you on the inside. It also moves you on the outside. And you join in on the song. And you play along. And if you listen close enough, you can hear the melody in everything. What? Is it still going? Um, oh, go for it. A friend of mine told me in pretty simple terms one time yeah. about where music came from. And maybe you already know this. Go with it. What's the most basic rhythm that we have? Like, that's just, for most of us that are fortunate, to have it steady. <laughs> so where does it come from? I don't know that song. How many beats does it have? Yeah. There's natural rhythms built into all of our life, and you can feel it. And lots of people even talk about, like, when you're DJing and dance, like, the rhythm that you want to get people up to, the tempo that you want to get close to, like, the tempo that makes sense and syncs up with people's heartbeats and gets them actually moving. It's very interesting. Music is, is pretty powerful. It's pretty deep. I tend to view spirituality and truth along the lines of music as well. And so when we talked about spirituality, I was making it earthy again. And I wanted to bring it down to earth. I wanted spirituality to be real. Something that you see, something that you feel, something that moves you. When we talked about truth, the same thing. I said, what if truth isn't something that's written down? What if truth isn't something that you memorize? or you can recite out of your mouth, but what if truth is a particular way of living your life in rhythm with the song? What if truth is an expression that you put out into the world and it's in tune with something already played? And so we talked about that. And the last time we were together, I actually threw out the quote, um, the truth will set you free. And we talked about that a little bit. And who said it? And Jesus actually said it. And then I talked about that what is actually interesting about that phrase is that before it, he says a couple of other things, because it's like a long sentence. And it says something like, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's a long sentence, and we talked about how the teachings, what were those? We talked about things like, it wasn't, hey, go read a bunch of books, or pass the right test, or... If you know enough information, the teachings were things like forgiveness, and courage, and patience, and grace, and love. And that incorporates more than one dimension of your being. Like, we love to think of truth as intellect. It's like if you read enough, or if you possess enough knowledge. I talked about my nephew Tanner getting ready to take the ACT. 
you know? And somehow that's we sometimes that's how we approach truth. But what if truth is about more than one dimension of you? It's beyond even your intellect. What if it's about your whole being and it's a way of life? There's a ceiling to your intellect, right? You can take an IQ test. We'll see how good you do. Here's the roof. But is there a ceiling to forgiveness? Is there a ceiling to peace? Is there a ceiling to love? And what's even better about those things is those things are equally accessible to everyone, everywhere, all the time. Right? So now we're talking about a truth that is free for all people everywhere when we talk about those kind of teachings. Then we briefly summed up the word no was actually um, a word that, that refers to like sexual intimacy. It was that kind of knowing. It was a first-hand experience kind of knowledge. So it's like have forgiveness, and as you practice forgiveness, and enter into forgiveness, and you perform forgiveness, what we said was, you have to get physical with truth, right? And Cindy called me out, because I said it was Madonna, and I was wrong, and I'm looking at John, I felt horrible, and embarrassed, but I was like, we've got to get physical with truth, you have to pull it in, it's not this mental game of gymnastics up here that we think truth is, what if it's more? And then the last thing was, so if you take on those things, and if you do those things, then the truth will set you free. And so we ended last week with the question of, free from what? <coughs> Hang on, so the truth is going to set us free, but what do we need to be set free from? And you may have heard all kinds of things in your life about what you need to be set free from or where you need to go. We're going to talk about them over the next couple of times here at NTL, but the one tonight is this word comparison. Because I think the truth sets you free from comparison. So we're going to talk about that. Um, the one thing I want to tell you really quickly, our, our microwave just kind of blew up at our house. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's done. Or burnt out. That's a better word. Burnt out. Our microwave burnt out. Uh, I told Lincoln that he could do media for 20 minutes. And so he decided to set the timer on the microwave, which they've done before, but instead of actually setting the timer, he set the microwave to run for 20 minutes. And so right about 18 minutes, with nothing in it, like we realized the microwave's running. It's been running for a while, and it was done. It was over. And we found out it's, it's cheaper to replace it than to have it fixed, which is just a sad state. We should talk about that some other time. Um, so we got a new microwave. And so I picked up the, you know, the duty of researching a new one. How much is it going to cost? Where can we get it from? How cheap can I find it? What features do we want? What's going on? Searching websites, all kinds of things, comparing, making my list, and then, so I went to the website, I've got my list, and I click on those little fun buttons that say like, this one, this one, this one, this one, then you click the compare button, right? You click the compare button, and then it brings them all up, and they're like side by side. You've got the pictures up here. You've got all their <laughs> stuff, and you're just reading it and reading it. Now, really quickly, I want you to transport back to English class. For some of you, this is going to be harder. For some of you, it's going to be pretty easy. So you're sitting in English class, and the teacher asks you, all right, we're talking about comparison and contrast today. Tell me a little bit about comparison. What are we doing when we compare things? Anybody? Similarities. Hey, go Tony. 
Lucky because I might be teaching high school students. <laughs> <laughs> you better get this one right. Alright. Now, okay, now we're we're contrasting things. What what are we doing when we contrast things? Individual features? Um, one of the definitions that I looked up today, just by the way, when you look up contrast, it uses the word compare. Funny, and it says you compare differences, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But anyway, so over here we're looking for things that are the same. Over here we're looking for things that are individual, right? Specific to these, this is how they stand out. This is what they have in common. I was looking at those microwaves, and I hit the compare button, and I had this realization: I compared anything, am I? Not really. What I'm really doing when I hit the compare button, and all of us have been like blindsided by this one, we're contrasting. That's what we're doing. And we're using this word and throwing it around all the time like we're actually looking for similarities. We're not. I was not comparing anything. I was like, tell me what's different about that one, that one, and that one. Because I want to find the one that fits me. That's what I want to know. So, I threw these up here, and you can mentally do this while, if you get bored while I'm talking. You can compare and contrast these two features if you want to, right? I made them different on purpose. You can sit here all night if you're ever stumped in your thoughts or whatever, but um, the idea is, over here we're looking for similarities. They both have round heads, arms, legs. Over here, when we're contrasting, we're looking for differences. He's got block feet, he doesn't have feet. He's got hair, he's got a hat, smile frown. We're looking for differences, right? Comparison and contrast. Now my question for you tonight is, have you ever played this game in your life? Have you ever played the game of comparison in your life? Which is really contrast, right? Like, have you ever gone onto Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere, seen people's photos, just to see how you're not doing? Right? Have you ever, you know, just sat down and talked with someone and found yourself thinking, man, I, I don't really measure up, you know? I'm falling pretty short. Have you ever been completely fine and content with something or some part of yourself, and then suddenly that better thing or that person comes along and suddenly you find yourself lacking and you weren't five minutes before. It's crazy, this game of comparison. This is what I like to call death by comparison. Actually death by contrast. Actually. Death by comparison. It's an interesting game. So, I uh, recently... I've started officiating some weddings. It's fun. I love it. I did a Russian wedding recently. It's beginning English. It's cool. Um, we got to the repeat after me part. She was like, Ugh. <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, I didn't know that going in. I didn't know she didn't speak English. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> um, what's interesting to me when I talk with these couples is we get to the vow part. 
And I say, so what are we doing for vows? What do you guys think? Traditional? What do you guys, do you guys want to write your own? And without a fail, like when I mention writing your own, you see like the anxiety level rise. <laughs> you see it rise because they start thinking, oh, I don't know. They're going to write something. I'm going to write something. What if what I write doesn't stack up? What if like, what if they write like a paragraph but I have a sentence? What if, what if, what you know, the game starts playing around. This comparison game automatically starts. Um, recently in our lives, we just threw a pretty important party for some, uh, a 13-year-old young man in our family who, you know, just became a teenager. We threw this party called a not mitzvah. And we asked all family members, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> we, uh, we asked family members to write him letters. Letters to give him advice, um, their opinion of what becoming a man in our world is like. Right? So help him see this. Talk to him about that. It was interesting. Lots of people wrote lots of things, and we left it pretty vague. Some people called me and said, hey, a little help here. And I was like, no, that's the whole point. <laughs> like, you're you, and we can't wait to hear your perspective on this. What are you going to write for? Some people wrote sentences. Some people wrote novels. <laughs> Some people injected humor, you know? Some people, it was like this kind of sad thing. You know? Like, it was all across the board, but so interesting. And unfortunately, I read all of their letters before I wrote mine. Bad mistake. Like, the pressure after that, you know? Like, I've got humor, I've got sad stuff, I'm the dad. Like, I better write something really, really good. And it was so funny trying to let go of that feeling. How do I silence those voices? How do I step away from what's playing inside my head? I don't get that. My parents visited, and uh, my mom and dad wrote a letter together. See? Now, some couples chose to write an individual letter. And my mom found out that the majority of people wrote individual letters. And she came up to me and apologized. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I really wish we would have written a letter, each of us, separately. And I'm like, how funny that you were totally fine with it. You were completely content with it. You loved your letter until. How does that happen? That death by comparison. It's pretty interesting. Now, to keep going here, sorry, I've got notes everywhere. I'm trying my best. Um, it's, it's really hard not to measure yourself up against other people. It's really hard not to compare. It's really hard not to listen to those repetitive, life-stealing, damning voices that pop up in your mind. It's super hard. Now, what's interesting to me is that, like, if, if me growing up in a Christian, like, religious setting of my life, um, if you pick up the Bible and stuff and you look in there, ancient ways of speaking about this, they personify those voices for you. You know, they would call, they, they would put a term evil on it, they would say it's the devil or it's like Satan or something, you know, we've all heard the devil make you do it. Like, there's something up in here. And um, recently, if you went and, if you were able to see the movie Inside Out, shoot, go make billions off of personifying the voices in your mind. They did it. It was amazing. Sometimes it might help to name that voice in your head. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. 
Carmine Fred. Right? And so, like, I'm caught up in this moment, and there it goes. The loop starts playing. Fred's telling me that I don't deserve what just happened to me. That, I, that I'm not worth it. That, like, honestly, that's not okay for me to accept what just happened. This good, awesome, amazing thing in front of me. Fred's telling me that I didn't earn it, and I didn't deserve it. What an interesting voice Fred is. Then I've got Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill, always telling me that I didn't, didn't do it the right way. It wasn't good enough, right? That loop starts going. There it is, there it is. And then I've got Sally. Sally's a girl. Uh, I can't think a name in the room. Oh, oh sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Sally tells me I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, Betty, you cool with Betty? I know Betty. <laughs> Betty told me my whole life that my wrists were skinny. That's what Betty told me. <laughs> Betty told me, you have the skinniest wrists in the world. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I go try on watches because I'm a guy. <laughs> And none of them fit. And Betty's just like, look at that. Uh, right? Betty shot. You've got these voices in your head that, that play. Lots of people, there's lots of terms for this. I mean, if you want to go into psychology, it's, let's just call it the feedback loop. Because it's pretty dang repetitive. And how does it always pop up? And when it pops up, you probably hear it. You probably listen to it. It's wild like that. I hear those voices a lot. And I don't have names for all of them. But they're there. And they're pretty consistent. And they're pretty dang accurate sometimes with how I'm feeling or where I'm starting to go at that moment. And what's interesting to me is that I let them rent space in my head. I haven't found a way to totally kick them out yet. They're kind of always there. The voices in your head. I'm not sure what they tell you. I'm not sure what voices you have pop up. Maybe they tell you that you have no talent. Maybe that you're too old to do that thing. Maybe these voices tell you that you'll be rejected or ridiculed or misunderstood or that you're not good enough or that you're too fat or too skinny. Maybe these voices tell you that the best days of your life are behind you. Maybe they tell you that you don't deserve the things that are good in your life. Maybe they tell you that you'll fail if you try. Uh, we just started watching the movie Lost. The movie. The TV series. Um, the TV series Lost. And we've already seen it. We know how it is. We're watching it with our boys, and they love the show. And at one point, there's this guy named Jack, and he's a doctor. And he is wrestling with the voice inside of his head. The voice inside of his head is a real voice, though. And it's his dad. And his dad told him as he was growing up that he didn't have what it takes. And if 
flash back to a moment in his life where his dad is literally telling him that. He says, you don't have what it takes, Jack. You'll fail. And now that's the loop that's stuck in his head. And he literally, someone says, Jack, you can do it. And he goes, I can't. I don't have what it takes. I'll fail. Maybe the voices inside your head have a real name. And that loop just continues to play. This death by comparison. Now, where I would love to go with this, and I'm not sure what time it is. What time is it, Ann? Um, You're not supposed to like. I know. I took off my watch, guys. Several I'm people told me, Phil, you have to stop looking at your watch. I was like, I'm trying to be. I know! Just around. I love your I wear my watch up here. I just want to be respectful of your time. Because I eliminate stories based on where we're at with time and things. I'll flag you down at 7 Okay, okay, okay. I think we all realize that there's always someone better, stronger, faster, smarter, more creative, more articulate, um, more put together. That, that person's always out there. And I think for some of us, this comparison game comes down to being the best. And lots of times, I have another voice in my head and that voice always tells me, well, if you, if you can't be the best at it, then why do it at all? What's the point, right? I've watched Lincoln. Can be quiet. His basketball team. <laughs> Lori, you know what I'm talking about, Lori. Amen. Michael's on the team. You know, when the spread is like 2 to 50 during the game, those kids start hating. And you find yourself talking in ways. Now, here's what's interesting. I want you to picture someone that you love listening to the loops that play inside your head. So someone that you love, and I'll take Lincoln for me, and he's in this game, and I don't even want to play. We suck. We'll never be good enough. What's the point, Dad? Son, you guys are getting better all you know, like you guys are good. You guys had those shots. Like, if you think about the voices that you're listening to and letting them be there, and then you say, okay, if that voice was speaking to so-and-so, this person that I love, what would I say? What would I do about that voice? That voice would not be the loudest voice in the room anymore. It would not. I would not allow that voice to have the kind of space that it has. It can't do that. It can't have that kind of control, that kind of power. He can't give those voices that kind of attention. I'm not going to let it happen. There's this interesting um, saying out there as well. It's, it's basically love other people as you love yourself. And what's so brilliant about that statement is that it starts with you. Right? So it starts with the love that you have towards your self. So again, love yourself. Enter into that kind of love. Like, engaging with those voices. 
telling them to be quiet, not giving them the space in your head. And when you can know that kind of truth, when you can practice and step into and, and embrace and embody that kind of truth, that will set you free from death by comparison. And then we'll flip it and we'll say, okay, this is no longer death by comparison, this is life by comparison. And what we'll actually do is look for some similarities. We'll actually stop contrasting, and let's go over here and do some of this. And so really quickly, just to highlight this, I came up with a fun comparison for you. Um, we're going to compare myself and Peyton Manning. <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one, especially with the Super Bowl. Um, I thought it was good. Okay, so me and Peyton Manning, we're both pretty cool. <laughs> Similarities. Okay, common denominators. We're going for things that are similar. Um, <laughs> we're both dads. Um, we both have jobs. It's pretty cool. Um, we both suck at ping pong. There's a commercial out. <laughs> right. It's not good. I'm not either. Um, we both reveal a lot of our hearts through words. I've listened to him in interviews. He doesn't talk like your average guy. It's pretty interesting to listen to him talk about other people. Um, we're both very close in age. Last, I checked it. I Googled him yesterday. I think he's 39. They all say he's 40. They're lying. They're pushing his age up just to make him sound old on the football field. 40 is not close at all. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, uh, we're both pretty amazing at football. I put that one on there. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out our lives right now. We're both trying to figure out what the next step is. Because I'm doing that and he's doing that. We both probably lose our patience. We're both growing in wisdom and life experience. Um, I think we both want to feel alive and have purpose. It's interesting because this game of real comparison, if we flip that word and we really make it be about similarities, it kind of brings stuff together. It's that least common denominator. Flashback to math class in school. Least common denominator. Let's find the things that we have in common. Let's find the things that connect us, that bring us together. Whereas this contrast thing is about pitting us against each other almost. And I do kind of want to throw out there, if you're the devil's advocate person sitting out there being like, wait a second. You know, there's healthy comparison. Yeah, sure. Totally. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about the comparison that lights a fire in your belly and inspires you and nudges you to move forward into something positive and good. I'm talking about the comparison that beats you down. The comparison that locks you up and holds you hostage and makes you shrink. The loop and the voice inside your mind that continually pushes you. That's the comparison I'm talking about. That's the comparison. So, I do have something for you to do tonight. It's not that scary. But, like I said, in, in, in ancient times, you know, they personified some of these voices. What I would love for you to do before you leave tonight, and we won't even, I'll play some music, we'll end early, you can grab dessert. I've put a bunch of sticky notes over on that table. And I've put a bunch of pens out, too. I'd love for you to identify one of those loops. Grab a hold of it and write it down. Sometimes there's some kind of power in actually taking it out of this space and putting it somewhere else. 
When you have to write it and say, that's, that's Fred, and he tells me that. He tells me that a lot. I mean, you can put his name afterwards, a Fred, put in quotes. You can give it a name if you want to. Sometimes that helps. To tell someone to shut up is pretty easy. <laughs> like if you got the name with it. So you can, like, throw it on this piece of paper. Then what I want you to do, there was this song that I used to sing growing up in my church. <laughs> And it, oh, it talked, it, it had this one line in it that like, I want to pay attention to it right now. And it said, the God of peace will crush Satan underneath his feet. Right? Now, as weird as that sounds, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that loop, and I want you to tape it to the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> We've got some tape over there. Masking tape, packing tape, scotch tape. <clears throat> I want you to take the loop out of here. I want you to put it on the piece of paper. And I want you to tape it to the bottom of your shoe. And I want you to walk around on it for a while. I want you to take it because it doesn't belong here. It definitely belongs down there. I want you to smash it. I want you to stomp on it. I want you to put it where it belongs. We just hit this, like, really holy day today, Ash Wednesday. And for me, Ash Wednesday was all about, like, what are you going to give up for the next 40 days until Easter? And so everybody, Ian and I were talking about it today, and everybody tries to pick something really hard. You know? <laughs> I'm going to give up, like, sugar. Like, that's hard for me. I'm going to give up caffeine. I'm going to give up whatever. I'm going to ask you guys to consider doing something with me. So... What if we can flip the idea of Lent as well and take the focus off of giving something up and instead of putting the focus there, putting the focus on what am I going to do for myself, right? Here's the pledge I'm going to make to you guys. For the next 40 days, when I hear a loop, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to take it to the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do for Lent. For like the next 40 days, I'm going to try and have some kind of a practice because I know that loving myself like this might actually help set me free from death by comparison. It might actually set me free from the continual contrast that repetitively plays in my mind over and over and over again. In so many different contexts and situations, I'm sure your voices are different than mine, but they're all have them. We have that in common. Right? Like, that's for real. So tonight before you leave, feel free to grab a pen, grab some paper. Um, like I said, you can name them. That's kind of fun, I think. And then I've got something to read to you guys just before we kind of break. At the end, I like to do like just a little promise, blessing, prayer, kind of hope until we get together next time, and I wrote it out this time. Um, it does have one line from that song in it. Because I love the line that says, dream out loud. Um, one of the voices that I continually have is that like your dreams will never become reality. And honestly, you're kind of embarrassed to actually speak some of those out loud or, or chase them because what if they don't really materialize? What if they really don't happen? 
So I love that idea when we're talking about this to like actually take your dreams and hopes and make them out loud, visible, so we can feel them, so we can see them and touch them. Alright, here's the closing blessing, then we'll play some music, grab some food, say hi to each other. Oh, and I have one announcement after this. Totally forgot. Thanks. Alright. May you fully know the truth that who you aren't isn't interesting. May you be set free from death by comparison. May you be set free to dream out loud. May you be set free to be fully human, fully you. May you become your own best friend instead of your own worst enemy. And may you walk all over the voices that speak against the truth in your life, in your story. Amen. So, uh, the two announcements are these. If you still have any socks, we're still taking them. We're not taking them off your feet anymore. Like, we surprised you with that one. That was fun. And, but now we're just taking them if you have them. We'll still be taking them in February 27th is a Saturday. February 27th. That's the day we're heading down to Denver to hand out socks. We're going to walk through the Cherry Creek area along the little river walk area. We know a lot of people hang out under those bridges. And so we're going to have conversations. We're going to pass out socks. I was thinking we could even hit the biscuit company later to, like, talk and hang out and just have some food. The biscuit company's really good. Because then we just went for the first time, so I'm stoked on um, And then the other announcement is this. We weren't going to do a mortal life over the winter break. And I had said out loud, and it might even be crossed off on the card that you received, uh, that we were canceling it. It's back on. Because we weren't going to do it, and then I've got this talk about forgiveness that like I'm really excited about, um, and we're going to do it. We thought we were going to be gone. We thought we were going to be gone, and it just felt like a long time. So we talked to Sarah tonight up here, and we reserved the room for over February break. So not next week, but the following week, we will be here, and we're actually going to be talking about forgiveness next. And that's a hard one for me. So, I hope it's hard for you, too, so we can have that in common. <laughs> we'll share some stories together. But that's my only announcement, right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Guys, gals, thank you again for coming tonight and being here at More Life. And um, just really appreciate it. Really like the chance to share these kinds of things and look at your faces and see if it's connecting or if it isn't. Um, we're done. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to write something down and walk all over that sucker. Beat it down into the ground. What? Oh, another similarity. We both like orange and blue. Yes. Me and Peyton, me and Peyton, we're so much more alike.